love bluegrass so the theme continues uh thank you to our praise team what a great job they did this morning um it is good to be back with you um do want to say hello to those of you watching online i know we have many folks that are doing that during this service it's good to be back uh i was able to go on vacation i did get a little bit of rest not much um i did get a little bit of sun on my head which was my ultimate goal um, we dodged a hurricane and we dodged corona well, we did a lot a lot of dodging in that but it's good to be back home no place like home for sure we are in a series called spiritual fruit and uh, this time of year is typically our harvest time in, in our area. You know, um, if you do gardening or anything like that, you know, you're typically getting ready to harvest your crop. If you're driving, especially down long, straight roads, you will typically look over and you'll see corn uh, popping up. And over the next few weeks, it really takes off, especially. Um, I noticed at Crab Orchard there, there's not only corn, but there's pumpkin patches beginning to show up. You know, so uh, this time of year we see fruit, we see uh, harvest, and really that's what we wanted to do with this series is stress the importance that the Christian life is to be the same. You know, there needs to be a, a fruit, there needs to be a harvest in your life. Um, and the, the main verse or two verses, the section of scripture that this series is based upon is Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. So let's read this now. Verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So these are the fruits of the spirit these types of things are to be evident in the life of a believer and we we finished a few weeks ago we finished the church defined series and in that series we looked at the church right what is the church as a whole well this series is going to be very challenging personally individually for you because uh, spiritual fruit is to be evident in individual lives right so this is a look at us, and Chad started us off by talking about love, and really, love is the foundational fruit. It is the ones that all, the one that all the other fruits flow from. And last week, Travis talked about peace, and man, don't we need to see peace now in the lives of people? We really do. Today, I want to talk to you about joy. Joy. Is anybody joyful out there? Not a whole lot of joy. Uh, joy is out, just about like toilet paper was a couple months ago, right? You know? Um, but, okay, 
But before we get to joy, I want to talk about happiness um, because they're different. And, and, man, do we get them mixed up a lot. We get them confused a whole lot. Happiness, uh, the Latin word for happiness is hap, and it means chance, okay? So happiness depends on what happens. It depends on what happens. It is a spontaneous response to temporary pleasures. You know, our natural tendency is to pursue happiness, okay? Our natural instinct is to chase after happiness. Why is that? Because happiness feels good, doesn't it? It's, it's pleasure. It's pleasure. Who doesn't want to be happy? All of us do. There's also this. We are trained and engrossed in a world system that tells us you need to be happy. Our world tells us you're not there until you're happy. As a matter of fact, in our own country, to pursue happiness is what it means to be an American. Our, our very Constitution says this, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are, listen, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Wow. You know, our, our founding documents portray the importance of pursuing happiness for your whole life. And that's just what happiness is, I promise you. It's a pursuit. It's a pursuit. It's a chase. It's ongoing. Do you ever wonder why restaurants have happy hour? That's about how long it lasts. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, you, you go in, I mean, you go in miserable. You're happy for one hour, and you leave worse than when you went in. I wouldn't know. I just seen it. I've seen it happen to some people. <laughs> happy hour. You know, my kids were happy to go to the beach. My son Noah, he's six. It was his first time to the beach ever. First time to salt water, saying stuff like that. He loved it. He loved it. He loved it. Um, he loved the sand. He loved the ocean. He absolutely loved the waves. He's a high-energy kid. He needs a lot of attention, and the waves provided that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he, he was having the time of his life. He was extremely happy until some jellyfish showed up and ruined the party. So, I mean, it went from, like, happy to terror in one moment. And look, that happened every single day. He would get stung and he would spend an hour, you know, mad and, and crying and wondering, and then he would go back in. Um, let me ask you this, okay? If nothing changes from right now, would you be happy? If nothing changes from this moment in your life, would you be happy? We, we think, well, I'll be happy when this craziness that we've been going through is over. I will be so happy when that's over. Right. 
or I'll be happy when I find a job. I'll be happy when I get a raise or I find a different job. I'll be happy when I get married, when I find the perfect someone. I'll be happy when I'm done with school. I'll be happy when I pay off debt. I'll be happy when I retire. I'll be happy when I lose weight or get in better shape. I'll be happy when I have a child or or when I have grandchildren. Or I will be really happy when my children get out of the house. You see, we're always chasing after happiness, aren't we? When you think about it. There's nothing wrong with, with that. There's nothing wrong with being happy or wanting to be happy. But here's the thing. You never really fully achieve it. You never do. Now, let's talk about joy. I wanted to differentiate between joy is this. Joy is, it comes from the Greek root word char, and it means grace. And we sort of know what grace is. Grace is a gift. It is a gift from God. Unlike happiness, joy is not determined by chance or a sense of well-being or even circumstance. Joy is a natural or a supernatural response to believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what joy is. Because of Jesus, Christians can have lasting, not just lasting, but everlasting joy. A joy not determined by pleasure, but by grace by grace. And look, if you're a Christian, you have joy. It's there somewhere. You have it. So I've got a challenge for you, for us this morning. It's on the screen. You can chase, you can chase temporary pleasure or you can embrace lasting joy. You can chase temporary happiness or you can embrace lasting joy you can choose to focus and chase after happiness well listen i want to wish you luck i want to wish you the best you will work yourself to death you will drive yourself crazy and you'll drive others crazy and chances are you'll never be as happy as you want to be you'll just never get there or you can do this You can focus on being joyful because of who you are in Christ and take the happiness as it comes because it will come. God is a good God. He doesn't want you to be sorrowful, sad your whole life. You can can choose joy and allow him to shower you with happiness as he sees fit. You'll be much better. If you embrace the joy you have in Christ, you will enjoy more of your life. That's what God wants. That's what ultimately we want, I would think. Three ways we can have lasting joy. I'm going to go through these pretty fast. First is this, lasting joy in my salvation. We can have lasting joy in salvation. In our endless pursuit of happiness, we lose sight of the fact that if we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, You have been saved. You have been saved. Saved from sin. Saved from hell. Yes, I used the H word. Saved from hell. You've been saved from that. You've been saved from your past. You've been saved for your future. 
And for whatever reason, sometimes we lose the joy of that salvation. Right? We do. Many times the joy in our life, the joy of our salvation diminishes. Our, am I right? This happened to David. He wrote about it. Thank, thank the Lord he wrote about it. Psalm 51, 12, he says this, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Do you see that there? David is saying, restore that. In other words, it's gone. It's diminished. It was there once. But bring it back, God. Bring it back. You remember that old Sunday school song? I'm not going to sing it, but you probably know it. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Right? Where? Like, like, all right, so he's what he's saying. This is what he's saying. Where'd it go? Where is it? Some of you may be like this today. I really feel that some of you very well are there. You've lost the joy of salvation. And look, it happens to all of us. It happens to me. It happened to David, the man after God's own heart. I love what David says here, but restore it and uphold me with a willing spirit. In other words, give me the strength not to forget. Give me the strength to keep that strong. We should never, ever take salvation for granted. Listen, salvation is the single greatest thing that will ever happen to you. It is. I know we want to meet the person of our dreams, our soulmate. That's great. That's not the greatest thing that will ever happen to you. I know we want to have the perfect child. Even if you do, that's still not the greatest thing that will ever happen to you. Salvation through Jesus Christ is the greatest thing. Thing that will ever happen to you. You can have joy in that. You can have joy in that. It, it filled you with joy when salvation happened, and that joy should last. It should never diminish. It's interesting, this was an issue when the Bible was being written. Peter wrote about this when he wrote to Christians going through a difficult time, and he reminded them of the joy that salvation brings to the life of believers. Look at with me at 1 Peter 1, verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. I just want to pause for a second. Look, this is us, right? Though you haven't seen him, you love him, right? Though, you, though you've not seen him, you believe in him. What is that? That is salvation, that is saving faith. That is believing without seeing. That is what he's talking about. And notice this. And are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith. The salvation of your souls. And I love this. Salvation, you can never ever work towards it. It's never, ever a checklist that you'll ever be able to get through and salvation's at the bottom. No, you place your faith in Jesus Christ and he saves you then and there. 
You get that up front. Wow, that is reason to joy. I love this. It makes me want to experience salvation all over again. Like I want to go back to that. When salvation filled me with joy, right? A feeling that you just cannot explain to somebody else. Do you remember back when you first got saved? When God got a hold of your heart? When, when, when he showered you with grace? And, and there was this joy inexpressible that you felt? You know, it's been a while since we went to the beach, I mentioned. Uh, five years. Um, it's been a long time for me. The first evening, the first day we got down there, I wanted to get down there early, but it didn't happen. I'm not blaming anybody, but it wasn't my fault. So my plan was to get up and leave early and, uh, you know, get down there. didn't. Got down there just about sunset. And um, so I, the first thing I did was hopped out of the car <laughs> and didn't even unpack anything, didn't help anybody else out. But me and Gideon uh, got out of the car and we went straight to the beach. And we got to the boardwalk. And when I got to the top, I tell you, I promise you this, my breath was taken away by the beauty of it. It was the most beautiful picture I've ever seen in my life. And it was real. You know, it was God's painting. And, and uh, Gideon and, and me, we just kind of sat there, stood there. And, and enjoyed that. I, it had been five years. I had forgotten how beautiful that is. We can we can forget how beautiful grace is. When you look at what God did for you, when Jesus died for you, the grace that that brings to your heart and to your soul, can't, it's easy to get so used to normalcy and wrapped up in this world and chasing after happiness that you lose sight of the joy that is planted deep within you because of the good seed, the gospel of Jesus. Mm. So be joyful in the fact that you have a Savior. Jesus died for the world, but he saved you. He saved me. Next, we can have lasting joy in my relationship with God. You know, with Jesus, you don't just get salvation, but you get God. I mean, that, that is so, so amazing. That's so great. And look, God just isn't a far-off, distant God. God isn't just somebody that you're going to see in the clouds one day when you get to heaven. You know, you have God right now. David wrote this in Psalm 21, verse 6. Surely you have granted him. Now, David is doing a weird thing here. He's referring to himself in the second person. <laughs> Don't ever do that if you're, you know, that would just be weird if you're talking to somebody and, and you do that. David can get away with it. Surely you have granted him unending blessings and made him glad with the joy of your presence. There, look, there is joy in just being in the presence of God. There is there's joy in that. When you are with God and God is with you, there is no other better place that you could be. That is a very special place. But here's the thing, and I want you to sort of lean in here and listen. The 
joy of God's presence requires you to be present with him. You know, for us to have the joy of God's presence, we have to be present with God. This is what Peter mentions here in Acts 2.28. You have made known to me the paths of life. What is he talking about there? Salvation? You have revealed to me salvation. You have made known to me the paths of life. Therefore, you will fill me with joy in your presence. Now, we got to pay attention to the to the wording here, will is the key word. You, you, you will fill me with the joy of your presence. So will is contingent upon something there. It's, it's contingent upon you being present with God. Look, this is going to be hard for you to hear, but it's so very true and so important. If you're a Christian, God is always with you. He's always with you. But the truth is, you won't always be with God. You you won't. You won't always be with with God. There there are there will be times in your life where you will grow distant in your relationship with God. It hap- it happens all the time. It happens to all of us. And and you know what that means? When we're not with God, we don't have the joy of God's fellowship. Let me ask you this. How is your relationship with God right now in this pandemic thing that's been happening for this year? Has your relationship with God gotten better or worse? Have you grown closer to God? have you grown further away i love what uh, robert morris says he's a he's a famous pastor and author he says nothing is more refreshing than communion with god not nothing personal communion with god look there's joy in being with god spending time in prayer in his word worshiping him look look i mean really worshiping him I don't mean coming to church and going through the motions. I mean personal worship to God. The Scripture speaks of this very thing when it says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. You see, it's contingent upon you. Don't chase, you don't, you don't chase happiness, you chase God. <laughs> you chase God. And, and your relationship with him and intimacy with him and what he gives you is joy in his presence. Isn't that good? Well, finally, and I want to work to closing here, we can have joy, lasting joy in our purpose. In our purpose. You know, I did a little bit of research and uh, Psychology Today is like this journal. And in this, they surveyed a lot of people. What makes you happy? Well, what? Wh- what do you need to be happy? The top three, re- in the top three responses was this, finding my purpose in life. Wow, I didn't, didn't realize that. But that is very popular among people, is knowing what their purpose in life is. Here's the great thing. If you're a Christian, you've got it already. 
you don't have to go looking for it. You don't have to open a bunch of books or magazines to find it. You don't have to wait for it to be revealed to you one day. You have it, and your purpose is Christ. Um, do you ever wonder why you're here? Why, why you're here on earth still? If you're a believer, why didn't, why didn't Jesus just take you up to heaven when you placed your faith in him? Or you ever wonder this, why, why would God give you the Holy Spirit? Why would he send his spirit to be in you and with you? Why would he do that? Well, the answer is your purpose. You have a great purpose. God has a great plan in your life. You, you are an essential worker in the kingdom of God. We talk about how important essential workers are now. You're essential. You're essential to God in his kingdom. Uh, in Acts chapter 13, this is a sort of a summary verse. It's a very short verse, and a lot's going on. But in a nutshell, this is the growth of the church. This is the growth of the gospel, and a lot of people are just simply doing the work of the Lord, and they're getting excited about it. it verse 52 in Acts chapter 13 says this, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So they were... This is so interesting here. They were filled both with joy and the Holy Spirit. Why? Uh, God was using them to build his kingdom, to reach others, to change the world. They were actually fulfilling their purpose, and they loved it. They loved it. It brought so much joy to their lives because they were fulfilling their purpose. Right before this, this verse in verse 47, this isn't on the screen here, but Paul quoted a command from the Lord. He says this, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And you see what they were doing there. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were filled with joy. So here's your purpose, okay? Here is our purpose as believers. That salvation that rocked your world with joy God wants others to experience that. That salvation that changed your life and brought joy to your life, God wants others to have that type of joy instead of chasing happiness their whole life. I like 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. The, uh, the Christians there in Thessalonica really are, uh, should be a model church for us. For, for all churches, as a matter of fact. Uh, they really took off and they grew in their faith. And Paul says this in verse 6, You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. So these people believed the gospel when Paul came around and shared it with them. They believed in spite of suffering, in spite of a very difficult time. They heard the good news, they believed the good news, and they found joy in Christ. And I want you to notice the pattern here. They were given a message of joy. You see that? They received the message of joy. And then they became the message of joy. Uh, people noticed, they started becoming 
imitators of what they had seen and heard, and the joy in their life overflowed. And people took notice. Look at verse 8. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. How amazing is that? And what's Paul talking about here? He's talking about their faith, sure. But he's also talking about their joy. The, the joy that they had, they became known everywhere. Part of what makes your faith known is the joy that you have. Let me ask you this. Would people know that you're a Christian by the joy that you have? That's tough, isn't it? You know, God wants to change the world through you. He wants you not just to share the good news, but be the good news. Be the good news. God only not only wants you to have joy, but he wants you to be the joy that the world needs to see. Um, I've got a quote from Charles Spurgeon. I read him sometimes. He's hard to read a lot of times. He's very deep. Um, but I like a little bit of what he writes, especially this, when he talks about joy. He says, but the grace of joy is contagious. Joy is contagious. He also says this, holy joy, that's what he refers to, to Christian joy as, holy joy, will oil the wheels of your life's machinery. Holy joy will strengthen you for your daily labor. Holy joy will beautify you and give you an influence over the lives of others. You ever thought about joy being that way? Man, it, it, it will make your life better. It will help you fulfill your purpose better. You'll enjoy life, but guess what? People will notice you. A joyful Christian is a beautiful thing to see. It sure is. People will notice the joy that you have, and, and they will see Christ in you, the joy of the Lord in you. And ultimately, that's our purpose, is it not? It is. So listen, I want to close here. Are you going to chase temporary happiness? Or will you embrace lasting joy? We have a choice every single day. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be happy. There's nothing wrong with uh, being happy at all. I want to be happy. But if we spend our whole life searching for happiness, we will miss out on the joy that God wants our lives to have. We will. No matter what happens in life, no matter what we go through, no matter what season we're in, no matter who hurts you, in your relationships, we can have joy in our lives because of Christ. We can have joy in knowing that he saved us. Man, we are saved. No matter what we go through here, nothing is going to change the fact that we are saved. Nothing, nothing can take us from the palm of his hand. Nothing can separate from the, us from the love of God. No height, no depth, no demon. Nothing in this world. We're saved. Let's rejoice in that. Let's rejoice in the fact that right now, right now, you can have a relationship with God. 
You don't have to be in church. You can go home and talk to God. You can drive home and talk to God. You can go in your closet and talk to God. That's all because of Jesus Christ. He's there. God is there. Because of Jesus, we can have joy in knowing that your life is important, that God wants to use you. You're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. And that brings satisfaction. It does. So I hope, I hope that we together can choose more joy because the world needs to see that. They need to see the joy through Christ that's in our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for this message that you've given to us. Father, when we look at the fruits of the Spirit and we see joy, we see something that a lot of us struggle with. We see something that definitely is um, needed in our world today. And that starts with us if we want to change that. Help us not to pursue temporary happiness and pleasure, but help us to embrace lasting joy through Jesus. Help us to rejoice in our salvation and knowing that you reached into the darkness and you pulled us into the light that you brought us from death to life help us to rejoice in that help us to rejoice in the fact that no matter what we go through in this life no matter who hurts us no matter who fails us we can have a relationship with you you're always there for us and father help us to realize that we have a purpose that you have a plan for our lives, that, that you are concerned and interested in the decisions we make and the, the things that we do and the life that we live, that our lives are valuable to you, that you want to use us to do great things for our good and your glory. Father, help us to rejoice in that and help us not just to be knots on a log but the fruit on the limb to reveal the love and the life that we have through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.